Texas NFL. What's up, y'all? Jonathan Rollins. Skiff Musara. And uh, we're two Americans living in Sweden talking about football, mm-hmm. not soccer, but football. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we talked a lot about soccer the last time. Yeah, we did. 15 um, minutes. Yeah. But um, with, with no uh, European championship, it's back to all football, baby. Let's go. Actually, before you make that promise, I'd like to break it. Um, because I, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to um, the sport of hockey. Because um, mm. apparently hockey is also now gay. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, there's a guy named Luke Prokob. He's he's like a prospect. He belongs to the Nashville Predators, but he currently plays for the Calgary Hitmen, which is one of my favorite sort yeah. of it, – it's like a really – I have this weird obsession with like minor league hockey teams, mostly because I think they have really weird names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Calgary Hitmen is one of my favorite hockey names. I think. <laughs> uh, so, so he hasn't played in the NF, uh, NHL yet, but if he does play, then he'll be the first openly gay player. Oh, wow. In, Not just Hitman. Hit on men, huh? Huh? Yeah, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. The NHL is gay. That's cool, man. Yeah, they're gay. But they were smart enough not to release a stupid video that claimed that they were gay. So that's okay. one up on the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> For once, somebody outdoes the NFL. <laughs> it's not that hard. I'm in yeah. uh, I'm in Gothenburg right now. That's why we're remote. You're at home, right, in uh, outside yep. of Stockholm, and I'm in Gothenburg, or I guess just outside of Gothenburg. G-Berg, they put Gothenburg on the list of 100 places that you should visit. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's because it's like they're having their, I think Gothenburg's having their 400-year anniversary at the moment. Okay, yeah, they are. Yeah, he's mentioned it twice, my buddy. He was showing me around. He's walking a lot. I'm like, damn, man, I got a bus pass, man. (laughs) (laughs) None of them pay for their uh, transportation. Nice. They just get on. <laughs> and he gave me this whole speech about how, uh, you know, the trains are always late and stuff. And I was like, well, maybe they could hire better staff and all that if you pay for your fucking train. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't just ride and not pay and complain. <laughs> Is this your first uh, trip to Gothenburg? Have you ever been there? No, before? no. I've been. I've done stand up here before. This time I'm doing, oh, yeah? like a, I'm doing like a mini tour down here. I'm just hitting up different stuff. Uh, four shows in a row this week nice uh trying to sharpen it up man so that our listeners know I'm, I'm filming a special at the end of the year in november so dang um, y'all Shit. yeah yeah so uh, I'm, I'm trying That's to cool. sharpen it up and do all of these jokes in different parts of sweden to see if, how they uh, land yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. They've been landing all right. They like to laugh and clap up here, so <laughs> or over here. I saw your uh, your flieg on the Jakob joke on Instagram. That shit oh, yeah. was funny. But that's only the, a piece of it too. I just want to put a little piece of the joke out. There. That's a that's a good one. I like it. It's a uh, nice hot take. I I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. If anybody is not from Sweden that's listening to this, look up flieg on the Jakob. It's spelled fly gandy. Jacob, and it's yeah. a dish. It's a dish here, and uh, it's, it's it's wrong. It's, it's wrong. There's so many things wrong with it. <laughs> Chicken, peanuts, bananas, and cream in the oven. Fucking no, <laughs> hell no. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I got a I got a joke about that. I joke about a lot of Swedish stuff. Uh, that's mm. what I'm gonna do at the end of the year. Anyway, uh, football, man. Yeah, I'm actually a little excited. I mean, I, I was uh, looking at the calendar, yeah. and what we're one week away from training camp, three weeks away from preseason football. I, I'm starting to get a little pumped over here. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. preseason's like, man, whatever. But still, at least. It's only three it, games this year? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Only three yeah. preseason games. Uh, so that means we get right to it, man. It sucks for the guys at the bottom of rosters, but, you know. So does everybody. Well, there's a there there's some news regarding rosters for sure. Uh which is actually okay. kind of where I thought maybe we could start. Steelers signed former Chargers running back Melvin Ingram to a one year deal. That's kind of an interesting development. Mm. Um and they got uh, Najee uh, Harris, right? Sure do. Um that could be 
Well, oh. <laughs> I still think Big Ben porn addiction is in deep trouble. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. They got to um, do something about that. I mean, at least they could. I don't know. I don't know how much they like to run the play action. But if you have two good running backs like that, it certainly gives you the option to do that. Yeah, they could. They could look like the Saints, man. Maybe. Maybe. And then who's they got? They got. Um, well, we'll get to him later. <laughs> but yeah, they got. They could slip in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, oh. yeah. we, got, we got a story coming up about Dwayne Haskins a little bit later for yes, those of you who haven't yes. seen it yet. Uh, the other roster news, Ted Ginn retires, hanging up the cleats after 14 years. Wow. With uh, six different teams? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, he got drafted by the Dolphins, number yeah. nine. Yeah. And then he went to uh, Carolina. He's played in New Orleans, right? Oh, says here, my, it, so he gets he gets drafted by Miami. Then he went to San Francisco, Carolina, Arizona, Carolina oh, again, New Orleans, Chicago. Uh, yeah, so he's he's been around. Yeah, and and I don't know how you feel about this. We can talk about this quickly too about bust. What do you think about if somebody's a bust or not? Like he was called a bust big time, um, right? But if you play for fourteen years. <laughs> in the NFL, I hesitate to call you a bust, man. Even though he was drafted number nine, or I think it was nine, first pick of the draft. I mean, first yeah. uh, team pick, but he was a wide receiver. I I tend to think okay. I think that there are more than two levels to this. I, I it's you know they say you're either a boom or a bust. Uh, I think there are layers in between that. Of course, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so sure, he could be considered a guy that perhaps didn't live up to expectations. Um, but maybe the draft people got it wrong. Maybe they shouldn't yeah. have drafted him. So I, you know what I mean? Third round talent. But a guy who manages to stick around in the league for 14 years, in my opinion, does not qualify as a bust. No, because bust really means I guess you don't live up to the hype and you're gone. Like you're out. You know what I mean? Which happens a lot. You yeah. know. Ryan I mean, Lee. guys who got, yeah, guys who never survived their rookie deal. It's like, you're yeah. done. Um, so I so. think this guy overperformed. If you would have told me when he was getting drafted in 2009 that he's going to play in the league for 14 years, I'd have been like, wow, that's a good career. Yeah, uh, for so sure. It, uh, <clears throat> uh, um, people want you to be a Hall of Famers and shit, but. Yeah, fuck. The Dolphins picked him too early. Maybe, I mean, he's not, maybe not a number nine pick, but shit, I, I is number one picks that had good careers under 14 years. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, the, well, probably the saddest roster news is Cam Akers um, yeah. out for the year with a kill, torn Achilles Damn. tendon. Uh, that's a huge blow to any of you Rams fans out there. Yeah. Uh, that's because the last thing you want – now, if you can't figure out a way, well, some people I read that you know some people think that they have a couple of running backs who already are in house who could kind of pick up the slack. None of them are as good as Cam Akers, but the last thing you want is Matthew Stafford throwing the ball forty times a game because that's yeah. the problem he had in Detroit. Yeah. He had to do it all by himself. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I, I looked up actually. There, there are some interesting unrestricted free agents out there. Um, very I mean, unlikely. They're cut the rosters down too. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, in a few sure. in a few weeks, the rosters will be down in the seventies, and you know. I'm sure Le'Veon Bell's ears started ringing as soon as he <laughs> heard about this Cam Akers thing. He's still sitting out there looking for a job. I was gonna say, he should have shut his damn mouth. <laughs> ears yeah, he should have kept his mouth shut. Because yeah. nobody's gonna want to deal with that. Todd Gurley's still out there, but I don't see them making that mistake twice. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about Adrian that. Peterson is out there, but he's pretty old. Uh, Frank Gore is still out there, also old. 38 years old, that guy. Watch him be the one they get to. <laughs> Frank Gore runs, <laughs> he runs uh, more uh, agile than he did when he first came in. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um Washington football team announced that they will drop their new name early 2022. 
Okay. They're going to so release little... the name? They got a, a name release party? <laughs> they're going to have a name release party. I guess they're waiting until they To see if it's a boy or a girl? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> like a gender release party. Uh, the only the only hints they have given thus far is that it definitely won't be the Washington Warriors. Oh, and that would have been just come on. Uh, they It'd said that warriors they're warriors with warriors with Native American face paint. <laughs> exactly, and that 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 was sort of what they they said. We're trying to avoid any names that yeah. can even yeah. like remotely be linked to Native American culture, and they felt like <laughs> warriors was no go. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's gonna be the so, red tails. What do you think? Is there? I wonder what Vegas says about this. What I do name? too. I I'm think gonna it's gonna it be. Now. I actually don't think it's gonna be the red tails. I think it'll be. Um, if I had to guess, I would say it's gonna be the red wolves. It's gonna be the Washington red wolves. That's my guess. The red That's wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that the leader right now. Hmm is red tails that's the one i like the most but i think they may avoid that as well mm-hmm. right and then they have hogs and red hogs mm-hmm. they might try to stay away from red well they are going to they had red wolves you said you like that one right yeah, I think they're going to do that one. I they have said that they're going to keep their same like color scheme and everything. So so it makes sense that they would have the red in there. Yeah, that's true. You know. Um they could call them what's the is the color more scarlet? <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a scarlet. The Washington Scarlet Pimpernels. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarlet <laughs> Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just go straight offensive. Oh, well, that's interesting, man. Yeah, what we'll else? see. It'll, they're going to make a spectacle out of it, obviously. Uh, uh, and I'm sure Dan Snyder won't be there. He'll probably have his wife out front. Just so yeah. That, yeah. Uh, maybe he'll shoot himself into space like Jeff Bezos. That, <laughs> that, that day. Like, oh, sorry, my husband couldn't be here. He's in space. He's in space. space. He's in space right now. <laughs> uh, there's a little update on the sack record mm. we talked about last week. Um, there is, apparently, the, the headline says there is no plan to make the pre-1982 sack records official. Okay. Um, now, the thing that's kind of funny about this is that um, – the NFL has been counting sacks prior to 1982, but they've been counting them against quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Like they've so been counting how many times a quarterback has been sacked, but they just haven't been recording who actually made the sack. Okay. Which is kind of weird that now that they don't want to give credit where credit is due. I mean, give it to the guy who sacked the fucking quarterback. Yeah, but maybe they didn't realize that it was, you know what I mean? They didn't realize it was an integral part, part of the game, like that it's, a, it's a, a defensive thing, more as a blame in the quarterback. But I wonder if they've been counting interceptions prior to 1982, right? Because they always, it's basically, it's oh, yeah, saying, yeah. saying that you're counting sacks against the quarterback and not the guy who sacked him is basically like saying, like, you're counting quarterback interceptions, but you're not really acknowledging who got those interceptions. Mm-hmm. I I actually don't know the answer to that question. I didn't think of it until just now. But that is a good question. Um, it doesn't matter because it's not like they're going to change it. So they're going to do. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> so just a thought. Uh, interesting news from Colin Kaepernick is apparently getting into the children's book game. He should have been doing that, Colin. Come on, man. Yeah, he's written a children's book called "Color Myself Different." Um. Apparently, the plot is all about how white people are really nice and and never do anything wrong uh, <laughs> and, you know, really look out for their fellow man, despite what color their skin are, is. No, okay. that's not. No, that's not. That's not. That's not it's what not, it is. No. <laughs> no, I don't know what it's about. I mean, it's basically it, I think it's a story that's kind of about his upbringing 
right? Mm-hmm. It was adopted um, and all this stuff, yeah. Exactly. That kind of thing. Sort of, uh, you know, a book out there to make kids feel like, hey, that's me. That's a story about me, you know what I mean? Which is good. Yeah. Representation is good. Oh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'm so I think that I'm sure Fox News is going to have a field day when the book comes out. They're probably oh, yeah. picking find apart. something controversial. Yeah. Um, New Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni already has his players questioning his leadership before they've even played a single snap. Apparently, um, there's uh, a story of rumblings in the locker room. People not I would, buying I don't in. Say I told you so. Uh. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, some of the rumors that start to come out of these locker rooms, but it's it, this guy. <laughs> it's you going into the you're going into the lion's den when you coach in a place like any team from Pennsylvania, really, or yeah. New York too. New York. I was going to say harsh. New York is yeah, it's toxic out there. Yeah, East Coast. Uh, so I just thought maybe I'd just bring that up just to keep an eye on the guy who likes to play rock, rock, paper, scissors to find out, uh, you know, if you're competitive, uh, it, this story is really funny, actually. Okay. It's It's weird, funny, interesting. Uh, Justin Fields apparently went to visit a Chicago gunshot victim who credits his survival to his desire to see Justin Fields play football. What? They got, so, they got to take these things farther, man. So this guy gets <laughs> shot with a stray bullet, right? Yeah. He's just an innocent bystander. He gets I shot in the back, actually. Justin he gets shot. Yeah, he's la- he says he's, la- you know, he basically says he's like laying in the ambulance on his way. And he's like, I can't die. I can't die. I have to live. I, can't, I have to see Justin Fields play football. And, and so this story comes out and Justin Fields sees it. And he shows up at this dude's house, knocks on the door. You know, and says, "Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing?" <laughs> and gives him a jersey. <laughs> oh, wow! And then <laughs> the dude got so excited he had a heart attack and died. It would not be funny. <laughs> yeah, but the thing that it made me think was like, it made me immediately think of Matt Nagy. Like, you know, oh yeah, Matt, yeah, yeah. Matt Nagy's out here saying like, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be our starter in Week One and all this kind of stuff. Everybody's excited for this generational potential generational quarterback in Justin Fields. I just think Matt Nagy needs to quit fucking around and put this kid in. I mean, because here's my question. Do you think anyone ever in the history of mankind has found themselves laying in the back of an ambulance fighting for their life and saying to themselves, man, I just got to see Andy Dalton play. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course they haven't. No No one has. Those words have never been spoken out loud. No, not even by Andy Dalton's children. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're like, oh, I'm so sick. I got to see Justin Fields. Dad, take I mean, me to the hospital so that you're too busy to go to the game. <laughs> I mean, look, anything anything can happen in training camp, obviously, uh, and minds can change. But I just think, I don't know. I just feel like all, all signs point, whether Andy Dalton starts the year or not, uh, I just feel like all signs are pointing to Justin Fields taking over this team before the end of the year. Yeah. And then it's not like Dalton will get through without any injury anyway, you know? Mm. That's that's what it's going to be. The rusty rifle. <laughs> the rusty rifle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer, our, one of our favorite coaches in the yes, league. Yes, yes. <laughs> if not all time. Uh, is, he has a couple of interesting stories. Um, he, apparently, he's been subpoenaed for documents on the hiring of Chris Doyle and his resignation. This is the racist douchebag. Mm coach that he hired uh the the physical training coach or whatever yeah Um, conditioning coach yeah yeah um it just you know to me this is like it's we're already this is the same kind of stuff that you saw in his college career we talked about this at length we don't have to go deep into it but i just find it really really fascinating before he's even coached an actual nfl game and we already have the same kind of stories that were happening to him, both at Ohio State and at Florida, 
with regard to questionable hirings, investigations, um, things like that. So I I don't know why I should be surprised to see this headline, but there it is. It's out there. Um, The other thing I'm not surprised about regarding Urban Meyer is that apparently he's whining like a little bitch regarding his inability (laughs) to maximize his time with the players. Uh, There was an interview. Yeah, apparently there was an interview this week with uh, what's his name, former Cowboys coach Jimmy Johnson. Apparently, he and Urban Meyer are friends. And I, in in all fairness to Urban Meyer, I'd be a little annoyed with my friend if he was like revealing in interviews like how I'm annoyed about certain things because it does it just makes him look like a whiny little bitch he's essentially complaining about the stuff that we thought he was going to complain about this isn't college you don't control these people you can't dictate their lives and and he's complaining that he doesn't have enough time to work with his players um Mm. it's like dude quit your bitching get out there and fucking play some football nobody gives a shit you know um yeah, so I thought that was – it's always fun to dunk on Urban Meyer because he's such a little bitch. <laughs> I love your disdain for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to watch this guy fail. Um, that, ooh, <laughs> bad news for uh, – ba- well, good news for me. Bad news for uh, Saints fans uh, as Saints defensive tackle David Onyemata has been suspended for six games after What'd testing you say about positive. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's tested positive for banned substances, whatever that means. They didn't. Um, oh. He claims he claims that he takes these different supplements, uh, you know, oh, yeah, to sort yeah, of yeah. build muscle, and and he admits that he, you know, I didn't check to see what was in all of them. I never willingly took anything. The same thing uh, they all say. Yeah, exactly. They say the same thing, uh, but he's he's suspended for as of now, unless he. Appeals and and they change it, but he's going to be many, suspended. How many? Four games or no? Six, six, six first, games. God, first damn. six games of the season. Yeah, that's a third of the season. Uh huh. So, really good news for the Falcons uh, because that guy <laughs> is a he's he's kind of a he's a bit of a monster. He had a yeah. great year last year. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we play them within one of those six games. That would be nice. Um, mm, yeah, good point. So that would be good. Uh, sorry, Saints fans, but you know, you'd all be excited if, if I don't know, I was gonna try to name some good defensive <laughs> player for the Atlanta Falcons, but I can't think of one at the moment. Uh, you, know, the, you got the linebacker stud, Beasley. Right? Yeah, yeah, Beasley went down for fucking, you know, shooting steroids. You'd be in his butt, shooting yeah, steroids exactly. in his booty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we have some interesting COVID-related news. Um, this is a story that is – I think we're going to be living with this story for quite some time, and I think it's going to be a little weird. The NFL and the NFLPA are trying to come up with some kind of method to identify vaccinated players at practices and during games. And this, Just to put a star on the uniform, right? Like. Exactly. And that's kind of what – you know. This might seem, yeah, I know it's weird. It may seem like a little thing, but I think the story is going to, it's going to blow up uh, because it basically means that, that, you know, the guys who, who didn't want to get vaccinated, but didn't want to talk about it. The guys who maybe are unlike Cole Beasley and are, you know, maybe they just want to sort of glide quietly through this thing and not really talk about it. Now they're going to be branded somehow, potentially. Or they can just get vaccinated, man. Maybe they can make it. Uh, that's what the NFL should do. It, like, make it where everybody has to take this thing if they can take it. And then you mm. don't have to worry about that at all. Like, why? I don't know. I, I get that that's more controversial than it sounds. But I don't know, man. I feel like that's the, before marketing these people, just have them say, hey, man, I had to take it because I'm in the NFL. I had to take it. I, I personally don't find. I mean, I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. If you got some people who are getting vaccinated and some yeah. people who aren't, it makes sense that we that they know, know who they it are. is. But the thing, like that's easy to say now, but once it actually happens, I mean, the media is going to go nuts for this stuff. Yeah, just like right? they do, like how they kind of reported who took a knee, even if it wasn't shown on camera. Exactly, exactly. That's a very good point. Um, 
I was thinking of some fun ways maybe that they could try to identify <laughs> the I know players. You did. Okay. Uh, I was thinking that, you know, that they could be forced to wear some like funny hats or something, you know? <laughs> Instead of a helmet. Like, like or maybe their helmets are a different color or some kind. Um some more practical ways you could have like a wristband of some kind that's right. probably what they're going to do uh different colored cleats right mm. like you have to wear you have to wear red cleats or you get uh, you know how they have that uh the covid like uh cartoon mm. and it has the little spikes the cleats could be that color and then the, that's good the i like actual, that the actual shoe could be yeah the ball color i think it's pink and yellow or something like that mm-hmm yeah I mean, this this story is going to get nuts. I'm yeah. telling you, it's going to get crazy once we get closer to the season. And right now, they're reporting that there are, like, a lot of teams are getting either beyond that 85 percent vaccination rate or pretty close to it. But there are still two teams, who they won't say which ones they are, but there are still currently two teams that are under 50 percent vaccinated. Man, what teams do you think they are? I, I know that's my big question. Who who is it? Um, I'm thinking it might be Buffalo. Not just because of Cole Beasley, but there's other players too that that have like uh, I think Josh Allen expressed some mm. resistance. Not not in the same way that Cole Beasley did, but just like kind of like just some genuine concern about the fact. I think it could be Buffalo. I think it. I mean, in one way, you kind of think Dallas. You know, what yeah, I mean? Buffalo like, they're jumping through tables. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, uh, Dallas, yeah, that makes sense too, because Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. probably, yeah, probably conservative about that. <clears throat> well, I, I also think it might be Dallas because one of the other headlines is Michael Irvin, apparently, is former Cowboys uh, wide receiver, uh, went and on University this like of Miami, yeah, and he went on this like insane, like angry rant about the Cowboys players who, who refused to get vaccinated. Oh. Uh, and he basically went off on them. And the short version of what he said was that if you don't get vaccinated, it means that you don't want to win. Do you like, want to win the game? Exactly. Do you want to win the game? If you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to win the game. That's, that's a pretty good representation <laughs> of what it was. Exactly. The stupid uh, players. The stupid. What are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> yes. And predictably, the unofficial NFL king of the anti-vaxxers, Cole Beasley, the guy mm. who said he was done talking about this ish- issue, naturally uh, had something to say about Michael Irving's comments. Uh, and he fired back and now they're fucking in a stupid fucking Twitter battle over this thing. Um, but how this is going to be a fascinating year to see how the league manages the the COVID situation when you have people who are willing to get vaccinated and people who aren't and and yeah. it, it's going to be a storyline all year because uh, it's just going to be a matter of time before something happens. Uh, yeah. Now they should we have fine like we were saying before a fine of like if sure. you you know what I mean yeah. if you you lose money if you infect somebody you know what I mean. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. You didn't well, you know, vaccine. did you keep yourself safe? Now nah, you gave it to somebody. Well, it's just I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. I agree. I think that could be one solution uh, because, you know, this year is different from last year. Last year, everybody yeah, was, was in no the same here. boat. We didn't have a vaccine and we didn't know. Nobody really knew. I mean, they they, you know, implemented all of these different protocols, but it's not like anybody really knew what they were doing. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And you had games that got postponed. And I mean, you know, Denver Broncos, yeah, yeah, wide receiver as a quarterback. I mean, it it was nutty. But this year it's like, okay, now there's a, you know, there are solutions to this problem. And some people are just not down with it. Um, That'll be interesting. Uh, but now we can move on to the criminal part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, we start with an interesting story that my son actually alerted me to. Uh, Falcons kicker Young Way Koo apparently Uh-oh. had his had his car stolen this past weekend. Oh man! Isn't this like the second? We've had two 
NFL car theft stories out of Atlanta this offseason. Remember, there was the uh, other guy who had his car stolen at the airport. Oh yeah. Um, the funny thing was is that Young Ray Koo, um, he he announced that his car was stolen on Instagram, as you do, because apparently that's what you do when you're famous. <laughs> you just announce everything on Instagram. Exactly. Uh, and he said he wrote something to the effect like to the guy or person who stole my car. Um, I don't actually really care. You can keep the car, but would you pl- please bring back my cleats? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so apparently I had a bag of cleats in the back and he's missing those. The last thing the Atlanta Falcons needs is our only player who made the pro bowl to have a bad year because he's got to fucking break in some new cleats. So we'll Damn. see. Hopefully young way. I'll be on the <laughs> well, franchise, your franchise player. Yeah, yeah, the face of the team. (laughs) (laughs) Face of the team. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, finally, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, my God. How funny Mm. is this story? Dwayne Haskins' wife has been arrested and charged with domestic violence. Apparently, these two... um, Now, remember, I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but Dwayne Haskins and his wife got into a fair amount of trouble last season... Um, I don't remember. They, they broke COVID protocol during the season uh, because uh, Dwayne Haskins and his wife and a bunch of their friends wanted to go out to a strip club. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And he got benched because of that. Yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> anyway, she apparently hit Dwayne Has. She punched him in the mouth. First mm-hmm. of all, she apparently punched him in the mouth so hard that he went to the hospital with a split lip and she knocked his motherfucking tooth out. <laughs> For real. I know. And he, like, that, he tweeted that nothing wrong with my tooth or something like that, too. I, apparently, they, I, I don't know. The story said that the cops, like, found a tooth in the hotel. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, it was, it was in Vegas. It was a Vegas hotel room. Uh, so, Yeah. Proving once again that shit that happens in Vegas doesn't necessarily stay in Vegas. <laughs> your tooth could stay in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, your tooth might stay there. Uh, wow. That's crazy, so, man. It's like, what do you do? Like, you got to do what he did. Just take the punch. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Did she, was that like a, did she punch him with her fist or did she hit him with a, with a, a lamp, lamp or or something like like we both said a lamp too. Yeah, I was just thinking hotel room. Like, what can I hit somebody with? <laughs> Same here. Um, oh man! Or did she catch him off guard? Did he turn into it? You know? Did she use good form? Like, did she twist at the hip like, to get the power from her legs? Did she? She probably put her hips into it. You know, yeah. you got to fucking put a hip yeah, into, put it and, into it and hit him, clocked him nice. Or maybe he's got like weak teeth. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Who knows? This is why gum health is important, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were out in Vegas smoking crack all week, and she went nuts and popped him in the mouth. And, and the <laughs> tooth was loose that. from the crack. The, the crack did it, not, <laughs> not the punch. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, should, uh, I dive, should I dive into this uh, NFC? Well, not quite yet, because our biggest criminal story of the week is clearly has to be Richard Sherman, who had a very, very bad night. A few nights ago. Uh, I don't know. Did you see this story? Yes. Um, dude went a little nuts. Um, so apparently the fight, he had a fight with his wife. Really intense fight. And you can hear part of the fight through the 911 call that she made. Mm. Which I got to say, the 911 operator in this call was kind of a dick. Yeah. Everybody um, said she should get fired. It. She was kind of a dick, I thought. Um, correcting her grammar and shit like that. Yeah, and like just you know. And, and she like, says, uh, uh, "Stop, don't calm down and shit like that." Yeah. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, did, did has he been violent?" It was like, "Well, he he tried to beat up my uncle," and she's like, "Ma'am, there's a difference between trying to beat someone up and actually beating someone up." It's like, Why bitch, say that? send the cops. <laughs> exactly. Yo, just uh, before you continue the story, I saw a Dateline. Sometimes I watch Dateline, you know, because it comes on the middle of the night. And yep. I saw uh, um, this woman 
was a well, this guy was accused of killing his wife, the mother of his two kids. So uh-huh. as he's about to go to trial and all of this stuff, the kids are with the grandparents, but the state hmm. uh, still wants them to be able to see the dead. So they come with a social worker, you know, to 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 visit the dead. So the social worker calls nine one one because hmm. she's like the dad locked her out. He took the mm-hmm. kids in, locked them out. He's accused of killing his wife. She called 911. She's telling him this whole story. The dude is being just a pretentious, like, dick, too. And the lady's like, I mean, he's like, are you a supervisor? Like, are you, what are you, like, a social worker? Like, social, are you in charge? Are you the boss? And it's like, it has oh, my God. This guy is in here. The dude killed the kids and blew the house up. Wow. Yeah. And the 911 operator, they were talking to him on de- Dateline, like, dude, what were you doing? Because they could have got the police there and, faster. And what was his response? He was just like, you know, I, when I listened back, you know, I could have, I could have not asked some of the questions that I asked. Right. <laughs> like, wow. We, we just get so many calls. He was such a dick. And I, ah, I was sitting there wishing I didn't watch that <laughs> shit because uh, what he did to the kids and all of that. But damn, that's yeah, fucked man. up. Yeah, see, not um, callers need to get their shit together. Is what I what I mean. So. Yeah, well, them and Richard Sherman, obviously, uh, yeah. we learned a lot of things about Richard Sherman in, in this incident. One is that he's clearly stressed. Uh, yeah. His wife said that he was threatening to commit suicide. He was super yeah. drunk, and he the fight started at their home in Seattle, and then he drove. He smashed up. You know, uh-huh. crashed into some shit, and then eventually wound up at his at his in laws' house. So I assume his his wife's parents' house, and there's there's security footage of him trying to break down the door too, which must have been yeah. terrifying. And then the cops show up, and they can't subdue him, so they used a canine to fucking um, to tackle him and get him down and arrest him and shit. So, um, I, it's Damn. really sad. It's sad, and it's really you know it's quite. <clears throat> The timing, you know, I like some, you know, podcasts are funny because like you, you don't necessarily listen to them when they happen, mm-hmm. right? You can listen to them whenever. I've been listening to the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Mm-hmm. He has this uh, PFF podcast and apparently he used to have Richard Sherman as like a guest host. Oh, okay. So it's like the Chris Collinsworth with Richard Sherman podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the day before this incident, I listened to the episode, but I listened to it the day after this news broke. And Collinsworth is like, he's like, yeah, this is Chris Collinsworth podcast, Richard Sherman. He's still away. Uh, but I can tell you that I think we have some really good, you know, positive news coming real soon for our buddy Richard Sherman. So just hang in there. It's coming. I was just like, oh, man, talk about a comment that doesn't age well. No. Like, like it didn't age well real quick. I mean, this, <laughs> I, in a day. Yeah, it was like less than 24 hours. It was like oh, Collinsworth was man. probably sitting there going, damn, why did I say that? Man, I shouldn't have said that, man. I don't even know why I said it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I I would like I, – I hope Richard Sherman gets the help that he needs. Me too. Uh, he's one of my favorite players ever. I think he's a cool dude. I, I yeah. think this is – Smart. I think, the way he, he represents himself. He's one of the players that doesn't have an agent. And yeah. he's like represents himself, and he's like, "This is, you know, I can do this. I can." But it I mean? seems like the pressure of all of that yep. is has has uh, has kind of caved in on him. Or CTE um, could be CTE. Sure, it certainly sounds like it. The NFL's like, no, no, it's please pressure. God, no. <laughs> Let it be. Talk about Let it. Let it be stressed. His brain. I want to remind you guys, his brain is dumber. From, <laughs> yeah, from the beginning. He's a dumb black brain. <laughs> He's got the dumb black brain. Even though he was a scholar at Stanford. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got a dumb black brain. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about before you move into the coaches, and I just want to touch on this briefly because I mentioned it on the on the Facebook group. Um, now, I know you Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans are out there thinking that I'm always shitting on your team, and that's probably true. <laughs> Uh, but it, you know, I am a Falcons fan, of course. Um, but something that really pissed me off this week is when I saw this Tom Brady, uh, and this is, and I'm not saying this is Tom Brady's fault 
at all, actually. This has nothing to do with Tom Brady. But this report that he played the entire 2020 season with a fully torn ACL. When I saw that headline, I was like, motherfucker, that's some bullshit. And, (laughs) And I spent like a whole day of like watching NFL Network and people just like, oh, my God, bro, he was already the GOAT. But now this, like, I mean, there's like another level, bro. Like, what? <laughs> He's superhuman. And I was just like, no, no, I'm not here for this. This nah. is fucking bullshit. I've had a fully torn MCL. Yeah. I know what that feels like. And this story is straight up bullshit. Uh, and it got me sort of a few things it got me thinking about. One is it got me thinking about how different players – why different players lie about injuries they have, right? So, I mean, the normal reason you would lie about an injury is, like, if you lost. Yeah? Like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we lost because... Well, we lost because I got, I got hurt. Instead yeah. of despite. Yeah, yeah but then the, there was that report of uh, Roethlisberger when they won the Super Bowl and him saying that he had injured ribs and it came out later that he didn't. Uh, so everybody was saying oh my god he had a broken rib when he threw that last second touchdown pass he's amazing like it's a nice pass though man it was a nice pass but his ribs weren't broken that's the point (laughs) uh and it also got me thinking about i don't know if you remember this a couple of years ago um so tom brady has had a lot of injuries throughout his career uh one injury that is suspiciously missing from his entire however many year career, he's never had a concussion. Oh. Never. He's never had a concussion. But his wife was doing an interview with GQ magazine a few years ago, and Mm -hmm. she admitted that, oh, Tom's having a rough year this year because he's been dealing with a concussion. And he's had a few concussions in the past. Oh. So this to me sounds like an injury that Tom Brady had that they didn't want to report because they didn't want to take him off the field because think about it. And they're also saying that the injury went all the way back to his, to his new England Patriot days. So you're telling me that he had a fully torn MCL. The Buccaneers gave him a physical and they went, Mm. yeah, fuck it. Let's roll with this. Hell no, no hell, hell to the fucking no, it's not (laughs) happening. Uh. Uh, but by the end of the day, as I predicted, a slightly different narrative started to emerge. Mm, of course. Right? Cl- clean that because shit up. somebody they, they spoke to a doctor who basically said, look, with the with the thin slicing of the MCL, if a small tear exists, it's great it, it's graded as a grade three or a complete tear. It doesn't mean that the thing is completely fucking detached, right? So that's why I was just trying to say, like, look, I am not here for these people running around talking about Tom Brady playing with without having a fucking MCL because that's like literally physically impossible. Yeah, it's funny that the the legends like normally it's years after they play, but they're doing that for this shit. This guy already, and and. And that doesn't take anything away from what he's done in his career. Uh, And and I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying that Tom Brady put this report out there to make himself seem cooler. But somebody did. Somebody put this out there because they thought it would make Tom Brady seem cooler. I don't necessarily think he had anything to do with it. Uh, or it could just be one of those things that slipped out and a reporter was like, Oh my God, what? He played with a fully torn MCL. That's amazing. But no, it's not physically possible to do that. Um, so that was the only reason I pointed out on the Facebook group. And of course, one of our Bucks fans who listens, you know, <laughs> was, was breaking my balls about how much shit I always give to the Buccaneers, but fucking I'm a Falcons fan. And yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just feel like Tom Brady's already got everything that he needs. Like, why does he need to have all the fucking attention for having a fake fully torn MCL? Fuck that shit. Great question. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, is, is it this week's fuck that guy? <laughs> well, no, whoever fault, whoever first decided yeah. to report that, yeah. whoever that first ran with that, thinking that it was going to be a cool thing to talk about, yeah, whoever that person was, is fuck that guy or that girl. There's a lot of women out there reporting this stuff too. So, women never lie. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sure, they don't. 
All right, uh, we're going to do the NFC North coaching, and then next week is the last one with the AFC North. So uh, this has been, uh, I've learned a lot with this. Yeah. All right, check it out. Uh, we're going to go alphabetically as always. So we're starting with the Chicago Bears, alphabetically by mascot. So Chicago Bears first. We've got Joe Nagy, fourth season head coach. His background, he's got an interesting story. He played the quarterback position in college and then went to the Arena League, where he was apparently pretty damn good. His Arena League numbers are ridiculous. I don't know if they always have ridiculous numbers in the Arena League. For one year, this motherfucker <laughs> threw for 85 touchdowns. Wow. 85, <laughs> 85 touchdowns. touchdowns. And I think they played 16 games. This is crazy. It's a small field, though. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be uh, eighty-five is a lot of goddamn touchdowns. <laughs> That's uh, funny. <laughs> he came into the NFL as an assistant on Andy Reid's staff. He's a pure Andy Reid tree guy, offensive mind that absorbs and adapts. You may remember this, but one season Kevin Cobb hurt his knee in preseason, and Reid didn't want to stress out McNabb or AJ Feely with it, so he tried to activate Joe Nagy, his uh, assistant coach. Or like an interim, or, or what's it called, like an intern for the team. He tried to activate him as a player. Uh-huh. And then the NFL was like, I, I don't see why not. But then they were, they were like, uh, no, we can't do that. The, there was something with his uh, contract with the Arena League. And they also didn't want uh, teams to hire players instead of on the practice squad to make them like an assistant or interim or like a intern or something like that. And then mm-hmm. activate them. Be like Najee Harris is, he's our, he's our quality coach for the offense, but then <laughs> you put him in if somebody gets hurt. So that's what mm-hmm. they uh, did that. But that would have been insane because uh, that would have been just cool that a coach comes in and play. And it's a preseason game, you know, but that would have been really cool if he came in and they won the game with their uh, intern. But That's the NFL funny. stands for not not fun league, so they don't. Know you know, you, you see, it, it, well, it doesn't happen anymore. But it used to be common. I guess it was common in the NFL too, but in the NHL, where you would have these player coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> th- just imagine the insanity of having to be the coach and a player at the same yeah. time. Bill Russell be- did it in the NBA. That's true. I would just think it would be chaos. And won won the championship as a player and the coach. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Nagy worked his way up through uh, the Reed staff and to the offensive coordinator position. He got the best out of Alex Smith, and the league took notice. He got hired on as the Bears' head coach and immediately got them to a 12-win season. He now uh, he was now the man in Chicago. <laughs> Two seasons later, we have more questions about Nagy than we have answers. Offense, they run a West Coast offense, but include the second highest amount of RPO in the league behind, you guessed it, Andy Reid. He initially brought in Oregon's former head coach onto his staff so the players can know all about the nuances of the spread offense. Uh, Nagy throws in elements of the air raid offense as well. So he's got a West Coast with the spread concepts and uses air raid route tree. And the, uh, he initially called the plays, but he's given those... Uh, responsibilities to Bill Lazor, who's been around the league for a while now. was actually on the Dolphins a while ago. Um, Defense, Vic Fangio got hired away after that first Nagy season uh, when they were like one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, And then Chuck Pagano retired after last season, uh, and they had worse defenses under him. So now it's Sean Desai who's up to see what he can do. His plan is to get back on the Fangio way of things with his own twist. We talked about Fangio last week, if you recall. He, uh, he likes multiple defense, three-man front, played in his own coverage. But according to the side, there'll be a bit more aggression with him at the helm. And we'll see what happens when shit gets real. My thoughts, nice. I don't know, man. I liked what I've read so far about <clears throat> Matt Nagy. He seems to have the leadership part of it down pretty well. He's uh, concerned about his players having a good time and being themselves. He tries to be flexible and understanding with his staff and his team. I think it's concerning that he's stuck with Trubisky for so long. Because <laughs> he was never the answer. Uh, but then again, that could have been one of those things that was pressure from the front office. Who knows? What we all know now is Trubisky is not that guy, and we all can't wait to see Andy Dalton. We know it's going to be Justin out there eventually. So then we'll see if Nagy can live out his NFL quarterback dreams through his young stud. Hmm. 
I have two, I have two problems with Matt Nagy. Uh, one is that I think he should just forget about this whole Andy Dalton thing and play Justin oh, yeah. Fields. Two, I don't think a grown, bald man should wear visors. <laughs> I, I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and it's like he, he does this all the time. He's bald, and he wears those – I mean, you're only highlighting the fact that you're bald by just putting this thing around your head and then having nothing like crown. Yeah. here. And so I, I'm not down with this. Somebody, his wife needs to tell him, like, honey, <laughs> honey, this is this is stupid. Wear a, wear a proper now. fucking hat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably like, yeah, but my head gets warm. He's like, fuck, shut the fuck up. Wear a hat. Um, well, I'm glad you said shut the fuck up because this next coach needs to shut the fuck up. And this is the Detroit Lions coach, Dan Campbell. <laughs> uh, I totally disagree. I want him to just run his no, mouth all course. the time. I, I bet Detroit <laughs> wishes him shut the fuck up. Uh, it's his first season. <laughs> Dan Campbell started out as a player. He had a decent NFL career as a blocking tight end for the Giants, Lions, Cowboys, and Saints. He began coaching shortly after, being, after playing, and I'd say he's from the Sean Payton tree even though he got his start under Joe Philbin in Miami. He gained popularity as an intense coach that took no shit on the Miami Dolphins' hard knock season. I attribute that show to him being chosen as the interim coach when Philbin got fired. Campbell moved on to the Saints as assistant coach and tight ends coach. Five years later, he's head coach of the Detroit Lions and ready to bite off some kneecaps and roam the sidelines with an actual lion. On offense... (laughs) Dan Campbell brought in the recently fired Anthony Lynn to run the offense. I'm a little weary of recently fired head coaches immediately being assistant to a first-time head coach. And I can feel the second guessing and eye rolling already. Uh, Lynn used to be a running back, and uh, he likes to focus on the running game in his offenses. Most of his coaching is as running backs coach except for the 2016 season when he uh, called plays for the Buffalo Bills. His offenses have always finished in the top 10 of the league, and that says a lot. Campbell says he wants to run offense like they ran in New Orleans. New Orleans is pass heavy and Lynn is a running specialist. So I don't see any conflict there whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> on to the defense, Campbell. The Lions have a rookie defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, who came over with Campbell from New Orleans, where he was the coach of the secondary. The Lions will run an actual 3-4, not multiple 3-4, which Campbell wants us to be clear. They're going to run a real 3-4. They're going to be old school or older school with their play and will basically have five people on the defensive line. Since the offensive line, since the outside linebackers are going to be used primarily as pass rushers in a 3-4. I don't know if you heard this, but the offenses of the NFL are going in the opposite direction. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> not to think this is going to be a short-lived experiment. My thoughts. Can you say dumpster fire? <laughs> I find it hard to imagine this team being successful under Dan Campbell. The sad part is I really like the guy and I root for him. I just don't think he's going to be a good coach. I think his throwback style of in your face, man up and kill the man in front of you coaching is going to get old really quickly. I could foresee him losing the locker room after something stupid like enforcing some dumb rule or punishing a player for not upholding the culture or some shit like that. <clears throat> I really, really, really hope. I'm wrong about this. This is some crow that I would be glad to eat if Campbell turns it around in Detroit. But the kneecap tirade and the pet line requests make it hard for me to take this guy seriously. Mm, don't forget the I don't want to wipe your butt. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to wipe your butt. I'm not going to wipe your butt. I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, I can't think of a coach in recent memory that made me feel like, you know what? I could actually sit down and watch the post-game press conference with this guy. I just cannot wait. Rex Ryan? I, I'm, I, I'm here. Yeah, but I, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying it, it's been a while since we've had a real character like this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I'm here for it. And I hope that he keeps saying dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> and I hope for his sake – what I really hope for his sake is that he wins football games because yeah. if he wins football games, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Right. Harbaugh and did that. Yeah. Imagine if this guy starts the year five and one. Yeah. Imagine the crazy shit that's going to come out of his mouth. If he starts the season five and one, yeah. he might <laughs> He's come gonna... naked, naked to a press conference. Exactly. I said, I'm going balls out. I'm going balls out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. But you know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds what? me of Mike Singletary. Yeah. He was the 49ers coach. Sure. And he famously took his pants down in the uh, in the locker room. Yeah. And uh and and giving it during a speech. And I don't know the context or anything, but they just said he coaches intense. And they they were fighting hard for him at first, you know. And then that shit wore off. And then What do you he took his pants off and showed him his dick? That's what they say, pulled his pants down during a passionate halftime speech or something like that. Yeah. And probably, I would imagine that the the rest of the speech probably revolved around the size of his balls. Yeah. You see right? my balls, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a that. weird... <clears throat> no, I think you're right. He, he does seem like a weird throwback at a time when, uh, when, when coaches are kind of evolving in a different direction, but... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, mm. who was uh, entering his, I want to say, fourth season. I didn't write it. I think yeah, I think you might be right. Fourth or third or fourth. Uh, he's a <clears throat> background. I'm going to say Matt LaFleur is a part of this Kyle Shanahan tree, if any, because Kyle took a liking <laughs> to him in Houston, brought him, brought him to uh, Washington, and then to Atlanta. The speed with which some of these guys get head coaching chances is crazy. LaFleur started out in the college ranks and then came to the NFL in 2008. He followed Shanahan to Washington and then went to Notre Dame to coach there for five years. Then he came back to the NFL with Shanahan in Atlanta in 2015 as quarterback's coach. I don't know if you know uh, about the Super Bowl Atlanta was. Wait, we went to the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that. Uh, but then he went over to coach uh, the Rams, the offensive coordinator for Sean McVay, who called the plays. Oh, and by the way, McVay was in Washington with him as well. Then he goes to Tennessee, gets to call plays for an offense that finished 27th in scoring. And then he was hired as head coach of the Packers. What the fuck? Huh? <laughs> what the fuck? I think it is his third season, actually. Uh, it's hard to argue against his coaching ability when his first two seasons resulted in 13 win campaigns. But the nepotism... And cool kids club shit that got him there rubs me the wrong way. Hmm. Uh, offense, the Packers offense is based on West Coast principles. They do, however, use more bunch formations and pre-snap motion to get receivers open. Couple that with Aaron Rodgers making decisions and you have a pretty potent offense. Their running game has been consistently good as well under LaFleur. He and offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, which is a great name, have put together a well-balanced offense and one of the best in the league. Good thing they drafted Jordan Love. (laughs) (laughs) Defense, with LaFleur being an offensive-minded coach, he'll likely need a defensive guru to take care of things on the other side of the ball. So not renewing Mike Pettine's contract after their best defensive year so far was puzzling. Even more puzzling was the hiring of Joe Barry, a defensive coordinator that seems to keep getting fired. I got to tell you about this guy. Uh, he was first hired as defensive coordinator for the Lions by his father-in-law, Rod Marinelli, mm-hmm. and proceeded to have one of the worst defenses in the league. What a surprise. After mm-hmm. one blowout loss to the Saints, it lost 42-7. to A Detroit reporter asked Coach Marinelli if he wishes his daughter married a better defensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, the, reporter later, the reporter later got fired. Uh, or not, you know, he didn't. He didn't get. He never reported on another game for them, and then he left that paper. Uh, Marinelli got fired after that season, wow. and Barry was let go as well. He later got hired by the Redskins as defensive coordinator, and was fired after one season. Lafleur brought in this guy to get that defense where it needs to be. They worked together in LA, so maybe he knows something we haven't seen out of Barry yet. Fingers crossed. And Barry says he's going to continue running the 3-4 base, but that base defense is rarely used because most plays you have to add a cornerback to the field uh, to match these passing offenses. He says the team's going to be aggressive and be technically sound and good tackling. Sure, coach. My thoughts. 13 wins is undeniable for two straight seasons. This team seems to uh, have already been on the right track. The big question is, is it all being held together because of Aaron Rodgers? If the answer is yes, then we really have a lot to be concerned about. The Packers need to get that situation taken care of, or this team may have a losing record this year. My instincts mm. tell me that LaFleur might just be LaFraud. 
the rapid rise to head coach because of knowing the right people makes me wonder if he's qualified for real. I think the defensive side of the ball is going to be the worst off because that Barry dude seems like he's not the answer. Offense is probably going to have to go nuts in order to win some games. This might be the beginning of the dumpster fire. Uh, the lighting. This might be the beginning of the lighting of the next league dumpster fire, or it's the continuation mm. of the great success of a model organization. And it's all on Matt to see. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize he was so bad. Yeah, maybe, maybe he was only good because he now finally was coaching a good team. Yep. I mean, you got the MVP quarterback. Um, yeah, that's fascinating, actually. Yeah, who knows, man? We'll see. I could be just, yeah. I don't know, man. When I see that, I'm like, ah, it kind of almost got pushed it through. almost kind of makes me wish that Rodgers doesn't come back to the Packers. To see what just, he's got, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, all right, show us, bro. Exactly. Show us what you got. All right, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Mike Zimmer in his eighth season. Background, mm. I always liked Mike Zimmer. He's considered a defensive guru since back in his days, standing on the sidelines with his shades on, making that Cincinnati defense look good. They were a top-five defense under him, and I always remember a buzz about him being head coach someday. He bounced around early in his career, always on the defensive side of the ball. One remarkable thing I saw about him was that he worked with a 4-3 defense in his early days, and then he switched the Dallas defense to a 3-4 when Bill Parcells became coach and he stayed on. He had no experience in that defense, and he still made it work. That and him being retained through multiple coaching changes lets you know he was going to be head coach one day. And he's been head coach of the Vikings since 2014. Offense, offensively, the Vikings lost their head coach, Greg Kubiak, to retirement. And in keeping with the theme of nepotism, they promoted their quarterback's coach, Clint Kubiak, to replace his father, Gary. The offense is supposed to remain the same. Last year, they ranked fourth in yards and 11th in points, and we'll see if the bloodline can keep that going. The Vikings have a wide zone running scheme, and with Dalvin Cook back there, that's very understandable. They live off play-action passes, rollouts, and bootlegs. They have good weapons on that offense to make sure it works. Uh, so it's all on Clint. We'll see. Hmm. Defense, uh, Mike Zimmer is supposed to be the man when it comes to this. His defenses are considered thin but don't break. They keep uh, the play in front of them and lock it down when it gets to the red zone. They run a multiple defense and have become known for a double-A gap lineup where linebackers defend the A-gap and the D-line is open wide. Uh, so I don't ever worry about any Mike Zimmer defense when they're healthy. He figures that shit out. And he's getting a lot of players back off of uh, injury. So... Uh, my thoughts, I'm not worried at all about this Vikings defense. I think Matt, Mike Zimmer may be on a bit of a hot seat, but he's going to likely turn things around now that he has his team together, now that he has a real offseason, and uh, now that he has his former coach, Greg Kubiak's son, Clint, in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of that, he's always been a good leader and always been a great defensive mind, and I tend to like defensive coaches more than others when it comes to leadership and winning. So the Vikings should be happy with what they get. Mm. I uh, I actually think that Mike Zimmer's seat is is a little more under the category of hotter than Georgia asphalt, if you ask me. <laughs> really? He's only yeah. had one losing season since he's been coached there. I'm, I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying mm. that I think sometimes coaches will get fired even though it's not their fault. Oh, that's true. Uh, I think that their biggest, most embarrassing problem is this contract that they gave to Kirk Cousins that they that's can't get out him, of. Though. That's not on him. I know it's not on him, but I think it could be the thing that gets him fired even though it's not on him. Yeah. Because if they come back this year and have a mediocre season, if they don't have a comeback season, because I remember talking about this last year. Thinking, shit, I think the Vikings are going to be good. Now, obviously, I made a lot of, um, you know, had a lot of bad takes last season, but I wasn't the only one saying that. Yeah, I was right? saying it too. I thought they were going to, yeah. A lot of people were saying that they were going to be good. Um, it's funny that the coach that we, well, the coach I think is better out of him and LaFleur, I think is, is Zimmer, but LaFleur gets dropped into this nice Aaron Rodgers situation. 
Hmm. And he's, you know, you can't argue with a record like that, 13 and 3. Well, also think about this. This year, if Aaron if Aaron Rodgers does not come back to play for the Packers, uh the Vikings have to win this division. Yeah. I, I just think they have to. Like yeah. you can't you can't not win this division if one of your biggest rivals doesn't bring back the league MVP. You have to win this division. Yeah. How would you rank them? Coaching staffs. Uh, I, I think Mike Zimmer is probably. Who do I got? We got Zimmer, LaFleur, Maggie and Campbell. I'd say technically Zimmer is a better coach. Mm-hmm. Zimmer's probably the best coach. Uh, I'd put Matt Nagy number two, LaFleur number three, and uh, Dan Campbell uh, last. Yeah, that's exactly what I have. I got to go that route too, man. Yeah. Even though it, I agree, it, you don't get it. I don't think uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think LaFleur gets extra credit for having such a great quarterback. Yeah, I think Zimmer is, yeah, exactly. So, and we've never seen we've never seen him um, we've never seen him coach a, a, a mediocre team as a head coach. Right. And based on your breakdown, when he when he is a coordinator at a mediocre team, they suck. <laughs> so exactly. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's all I got, man. I gotta get out of here. I gotta. I, I scheduled myself for a manicure pedicure. So, oh my lord! Yeah, before my gig tonight, I gotta get nice and fresh. So, football and hockey are not the only things that are gay. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy is gay. Comedy is also gay. <laughs> uh, uh, my my only thing before we go is that I, I so you're in Gothenburg this week. Next mm-hmm. week I'm going. I don't even know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere that may or may not have internet connection. Okay. <laughs> I'm not well, sure. So so we might not be back next week. Either way, we'll announce it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, All right, man. Well, uh, this has been Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sarah. And we'll uh, catch y'all next time. Peace. Hey, y'all.